So the attraction of men is the name of the game in this episode. But before I get to that, I do need to start with a breakup. Now, a celebrated Kikuyu artist known as Grace Moi recently ended things with her fiance because, and I kid you the hell not, and this was a couple of days to their pre-wedding, God said no. Like, don't get me wrong. I acknowledge the big man and what he says to, to different people at different times. It's just that considering that you dated this guy for a while, like, don't you think that quality control would have come in a little bit earlier than when you culturally formalize your union? Like, don't get me wrong. I actually do feel as though the guy still actually ended up gaining. You know, he didn't end up sending the cows to the wrong house. But I feel like every single time someone decides to make a rash or a drastic decision, a lot of people like to blame it on the big man. People like to say, oh, you know, God told me that blah, blah, blah wasn't going to happen. Oh, I had this gut feeling. Oh, you know, the spirit inside me said no. Like, I can get that sometimes people can have cold feet. But you've been with this guy for a certain period of time. I'm assuming that you guys have spent at least more than six months together. And then this guy wants to formalize the union and you're like, "I right, cool, I'm down for it. Then at some point, you suddenly decide, you know what, I don't want this guy anymore. And then you decide to blame it on the big man and say that God said no. Like, don't you think that that's a bit of a reach though? Like, if God would have said no, I'm guessing he'd have probably said no within, I'll know, the first two months or some shit. Like, there's definitely something there that would definitely make you personally feel like he wouldn't be a good match. And... I can remember back in the day, like just when I was finishing university, my final semester, I had this lecturer who actually always used to talk about how it's very easy to fool that so-called gut feeling. It's very easy to manipulate someone's so-called instincts. And from a relationship-based perspective on this, like it's not very hard to hear someone blame this entire thing, this entire so-called instinctual gut feeling on God. Because if someone is a bit more religious, if someone wants to sound a lot more religious, instead of saying I had this gut feeling, they'll just say the spirit told me. And as a result, it makes it look as though, you know, it wasn't out of their own will. They didn't want to do it. They didn't choose to do it or they didn't choose not to do it. It was simply the, you know, the unknown entity that made the decision for them, which I think is a little bit dumb. I think it's better if people were to just admit that, all right, I noticed this and this, or I noticed this tiny thing, and I thought it wouldn't be something big, but I also noticed this and everything sort of came together and I decided not to. Like, at least show that there's a decision-making process. This whole thing of you are influenced by an unknown entity, I feel like it's probably 95% bullshit. But then again, who am I to talk? I haven't seen the entity and I haven't spoken to the quality control department. Like probably they have a fuck ton of cases to look through and it took them a while to deal with this one. And maybe if I was the one who was doing quality control for this woman, then I'd have probably helped her deduce a lot faster whether this guy would be a catch or a scratch. Kind of like the same way I usually do it on this podcast. But for her to know, she'd have to listen to this podcast and I probably should start so that the rest of y'all can listen and you know, Hear me make random deductions. And how else will you know that I've started the podcast if I do not start by saying, Welcome to Breaktime on Westside, your number one Breaktime podcast, coming to you from Nairobi, Kenya. The man on the mic is a man whose spirit is strong, whose flesh is weak, and whose dick is hard. 
He's a man whose list of exercises this month include running his mouth. It is none other than your tall, dark, and mildly handsome man, Sir Denverby. The show is Tweet Street, the show where we take a deep dive into Twitter, pull up a couple of tweets, and break them down a little bit. Now, as usual, y'all know the drill. If you haven't ever heard of the drill and it's your first time listening, it's okay, I'll repeat it for you. And if you are someone that does listen to Tweet Street, then you know very well how the drill goes, because it's a simple drill almost sounds like a song and is all about how it is that you can contribute to the making of the Tweet Street episodes. So the drill is pretty simple and it goes like this. You see that tweet, you like that tweet, you want us to discuss that tweet, you send that tweet. You send it to the DMs of D, which happens to be my personal Twitter handle and I will take it there and I will handle it accordingly. On Facebook and on Instagram, if it happens to be a screenshot, if it happens to be a screen recording that happens to be there from Twitter, then you can send it to at Breaktime on Westside on Facebook or at Breaktime on Westside on Twitter and we will take them from there and we will handle them accordingly. Now, I want to get into the tweets for, for this week. There are two, possibly three, depends with how much time we have. But before I get into that, I'm sure there's quite a number of, of guys, at least around East Africa, if not just Kenya alone, who watch this African reality series known as Young, Famous and African. So for those of y'all that are living under a rock or are stuck in possibly the same world as I am, or at least where I was, it's a series about African celebrities, I don't know, coming to live together and, you know, like living the high life and shit. Um, essentially, it's just people watching rich people live their lives and having drama, you know, just like every other successful reality show. Now, it was received quite well. People loved it. But the one thing that everyone kept making fun of was Diamond Platinum, the Tanzanian artist, not speaking really good English. So apparently he was on a date with, with one of the babes on the show. And when he was asked his age, he didn't say 31, he said 31st. And people were laughing at him and making fun of him and shit. But as I was going through IG this week, I saw something that someone said, which actually hit me quite well. Because she was like, I'm okay with being 31st, but I'm rich, wealthy, and I've accomplished blah, blah, blah as opposed to being 31 when I'm broke and barely able to afford shit. And when I saw that, it kind of did hit nicely and badly in a certain way. Because on one end, like this is just people making a good joke out of something that was particularly interesting. And I'm sure the producers of the show, I'm sure the producers and the directors, they went, they saw it and they were like, you know what, this is gold, we are keeping it, we are not cutting it out. Because I am sure they had tons of other footage that they'd have thrown in there that they'd have even cut this part where he says 31st one just so that you know they can they can get good content out there but this was something that was going to sell and if we can't make a joke out of something that's actually funny then probably were the ones that are being a little too sensitive at this point because yes you can pull the whole oh he has money this oh he has money that doesn't mean that we shouldn't make a joke about him but more so than that, it did actually hit on the side of this guy is a multi-million dollar high-level selling artist. Like, he makes songs and they're hits. He can copy people, he can copy beats, he can copy video ideas like people have accused him of. But he is still making really good money. And if anything, for him to still do all of this and still have English that's you know below subpar, I think is a huge accomplishment. Like, that's probably one of the biggest accomplishments that you can really say that he's managed to hit, you know, besides impregnating women all over East Africa. Like, 
he has managed to make music that has hit people who do not understand Swahili to actually listen and love it, to hit the people who love Swahili and you know love it and you know the rest of us Kenyans that are sort of in between you know we speak English and Swahili interchangeably and shit and you know our Swahili sounds like garbage according to Tanzanians like we've all managed to like his music and he's properly properly sold and that's someone who's really really good in terms of his craft and that's something that I want to respect like people can make fun of him but this guy's making a lot of money and to diminish his accomplishments just based off of the fact that the guy doesn't know like really good English or he can't speak good English, I think is selling him a little bit short because if anything, that's an accomplishment. Like he should be celebrated for having achieved all of this and not having to know that well of English so that he can get it done. Like if anything, I am going to give the man flowers for that. Like I will give him his flowers for that. This man has managed to achieve so much without having to speak a language that most of us would expect to be spoken almost like it's second nature. But that said, it doesn't mean that he's immune from jokes. Just the same way we can make jokes about Jeff Bezos looking like a dildo, it's just the same way I will make jokes about Diamond Platinum's not having enough English but still being able to pull the bitches. Like this man has gone and impregnated more women across East Africa than most guys have with their current woman right now by the age of 31. Like, we need to give the guy flowers for that. Because if anything, you think about it. He is the living proof that love knows no language. And the language of love is, is one that is spoken universally and does not require words. Because imagine him trying to get ass from Zari who speaks pretty good English and he barely even speaks any. Like, would he need a translator? Because when you kind of think about it, to a certain degree, some of the raunchy shit requires context and some of that context requires language for it to sound good. Because if Zari's outside and he's standing outside with her and she's like, I'd like you to come inside, like, imagine the translator trying to translate that into Swahili and he's not sure if she's talking about the house or inside of her. Like, that would be a very, very interesting thought process for the person translating. Because imagine now if he has to give like the double entendres and then tell Diamond to decide which one she meets. Like that shit must have been interesting as hell. But then again, as the ladies would concur with me on this as well, much as love has no language, much as love knows no particular language, well, you need money to unlock that level. Love is blind, you need money to unlock that level as well. Because a bunch of people have been saying that Diamond is not the nicest looking person or at least he wasn't up until he got money and now he looks good. So that said, at least if anything, he has shown us how we can get noticed by other women and also how to cure the communication issue that other women have. So now we can move it on. So on to our very first tweet. I got married when both of us were broke. I was also 23 and had been with him since I was 17. I'm 36 now. If I ever marry again, it would not be to someone who is financially incompatible. I don't care how great they are in other areas, it matters equally to me. Always did even while broke. You might think one area will make up for an incompatibility in another and it might for a while but eventually it'll stop being enough. Listen to yourself. You know what you value and what you need. Then be okay if that changes. Life has a way of changing you. Well, I don't know, I don't know. 
don't know if it's just me who thinks this, but isn't she just trying to say that she won't date no broke niggas right now, even while she's 36, but in like a fancier, slightly educatedly sounding, but more complex way? Like, yes, I can get it. You know, you're saying, oh, it would not be to someone who is financially incompatible. So you've made a bit of money now and you wouldn't want someone who's broke or broker than you. I get it. Like, you are flat broke when you were 23. So in 13 years, you've definitely had a way to like stack your money up and you know, you're doing pretty okay right now. And it makes sense. But more so than that, like you decide to come along and add the part where you say you might think one area will make up for an incompatibility in another and it might for a while, but eventually it'll stop being enough. Like you decide to say such a thing. And you honestly think that I will not come and attack you for it. Like, I'd have let the financial incompatibility part, like, just slide, but I'm definitely coming through for this other part. Because here's the weird thing. People like to assume that you will get someone that will take every single one of the boxes on your list. And I feel like 9 times out of 10, if there is one person that you are with that takes every single box on your list, you either have a very small set of boxes or you have a very general list. Like I feel it's usually either one of those two. Like 9 times out of 10. The possibility of finding someone that matches everything that you want and need in a partner to the absolute T is extremely hard. And very very few of us are lucky enough to actually get that. So most of the time it's usually a matter of prioritization of what it is that you want versus the other. Now I can get, this shorty right now is talking about how she doesn't want a broke nigga. And I get it. Go and call it financial incompatibility. Like, it's just the same way I can probably say sexual compatibility is important to me because I do not want someone who just lies down and, and then tells me to fuck. Like, I could have used a simpler term such as I want someone who's actually good in bed or someone who's, who's interactive in bed and I can have fun with, but saying sexual compatibility is just a fancy way of trying to clean through and make it sound a little bit more complicated than what it actually is. And I get it, it's okay for you to want someone that makes more than you and is possibly even willing to take up the role of the provider. Like, you're a woman, it's, it's, it's entirely okay for you to do that because it's just known universally that women are hypergamous. So, if you start trying to weave your way around it, like, yes, I get it. Some guys will hit you up in the comments, but it's okay. Like, we understand. But the problem is thinking that, you know, one area will make up for an incompatibility. Like, there's so many incompatibilities that you'll find between you and your partner. And if anything, they're probably the things that might even end up making you appreciate your partner a hell of a lot more. But you talking about how, oh, you might think one area will make up for another, like, it's usually just a matter of priority. Like, I get it. She might not be the the best earner in terms of the people that I chill with. But it's not like I care that much about that because I care more about the kind of support that she'll give me. Not necessarily financial support, but emotional support and maybe moral support as well. Like, that would make sense. It's not that one's making up for another, but it's just that when you sort of prioritize your desires and the checkboxes that you have, you just ask yourself, is this worth having or is this not worth having? Like, just understanding that not 
everyone will take all the boxes that you have not even 20 percent of the guys that you'd want would take all of the boxes that you'd want is something that i feel like so many babes struggle to actually you know understand and internalize and i feel like it's this whole concept of the soulmate that people have been fed for the past i don't know 30 40 years this belief that you will find this one person that gets everything right that ticks all of the boxes that is absolutely perfect and you'd want to live happily ever after with which i think is both and honestly i feel like people just need to start checking with their priorities and asking themselves which qualities are more preferred than others which ones should be prioritized more than others like write up a list of the things that you want in a partner and put them in terms of the priority that they have such that you know the one at the top carries the most priority and then it starts to trickle down otherwise over time what will happen is your your list of checkboxes will start becoming more general and they will also start to shorten so instead of saying that i want a guy that makes a six or a seven figure yearly salary you'll start saying that i want a man that makes good money and then it starts becoming a man who can simply take care of the bills like you hear someone saying i want all uh, light skin handsome has a beard and shit then it's like I want a tall good looking guy then it becomes I want a tall guy then at some point you just hear someone saying I want someone who can provide for me but is also good looking enough that I don't feel bad whenever I turn and I've just woken up and I see their face like it just becomes as simple as that and I feel like that's what a lot of people who are in their much later years so say mid to late 30s for women and you know maybe 40s for guys will also start to get into when 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 you become too nitpicky for so long at some point you're left with such few options that what ends up happening is for you to increase the number of options that you have and the chances of you getting someone you start to generalize all those things that you consider to be important qualities in somebody and you're now willing to give a little bit more leniency something that you could have done a lot earlier and saved yourself a lot more time in the singles market which would have depreciated your value if you are a woman but anyways that's just me and i might be wrong about this so i will leave it and move it on to our very next tweet attraction to men is a slow winding path to celibacy and prioritizing platonic relationships because y'all are really scary awful people every single person i know that likes men goes through a long phase where they're like maybe love just isn't real like look at the science here ah uh, yes if it isn't the angry slash hurtful woman's slash lgbt communities usual hating of men in relationships because apparently we're just not that good like i feel like i see most of this shit on twitter during certain times and normally within certain groups of women and i usually find it to be particularly odd because like there was this time i remember watching some reel and it was this guy that had been reading a question online about how some guy was complaining that he was having problems you know getting a girlfriend and you know even maintaining a relationship and this guy was like all right simple if you're having so much of a problem with girls then get a boyfriend so i can present this option to a lot of the women that claim was such a problem i don't know get a girlfriend go ahead and become lesbian and shit and you'll know for yourself that the problems that you face with us guys are probably the same if not more problems that you'll face with your fellow woman 
like she might be a dyke as well but she has very guyish behaviors she might have the same exact organs as you you know save for you know size differences here and there but at the end of the day she'll probably still cheat on you and hurt you the same exact way me who has very different organs from you will definitely do not that i'm saying that i definitely will i'm just trying to give an example here and you get the point if anything, anytime I usually hear or I see a woman saying such things, you know, making such remarks, oh, what's wrong with men today? Oh, men are bad. Oh, men have been the biggest problem we've had in society, blah, blah, blah. Normally, I usually just keep quiet, but at the back of my mind, like deep down in my heart even, I'm usually just thinking to myself, honestly, I wish you could just heal. Because at the end of the day, you're crucifying an entire gender of people and having beef with all of us for something that's been done by one, two, maybe three people. Like, yes, maybe your father wasn't that good to you. Fine, yes, maybe your boyfriends treated you like shit. And yes, maybe your husband has been nothing but an absolute pain in the ass for you ever since you guys started dating. But does it mean that all men are bad? No. And hell, there's tons of good guys out there. The only problem is you're so ready to friendzone them and talk about having a platonic relationship with them, yet they'll probably be a much better boyfriend to you. And while you're doing that, you're so ready and willing to go for the asshole because then again, you know, y'all like assholes, even though y'all don't like getting it in the asshole. At least most of you don't, last I checked. But then again, you know what, it's entirely up to you. If you want to hate on guys, you can continue doing that. And if you feel like guys are the epitome of all of your problems as a woman, then fine, you can believe that as well, if it helps you sleep better at night. But I'm gonna remind you this, you can go ahead and you can date a woman, and I hope that things are better for you, but at the end of the day, us guys are here to stay, and if anything, there's a lot of us great guys that are out there, the only thing is you just need to get off of your sad horse, you need to wipe yourself down, take a shower, wipe all of that dirt that you have against men and start looking a little bit better, learn from your mistake and you'll most probably end up with a very very decent guy and he'll probably end up treating you really really well. But then again, maybe we are the problem. Maybe I'm wrong about this because I happen to be part of the dick swinging community of people that these people speak so much shit about. So I want your thoughts on this. The DMs are open on Twitter. It is at BagakTheD, which happens to be my personal Twitter handle. On Facebook and on Instagram, it happens to be at Breaktime on West Side. Thank you so much for listening all the way till the end. And if you are listening through Castbox, feel free to drop your thoughts and comments below and I will attend to them accordingly. And I will catch you guys on the next break. <laughs>